Hi there, and welcome to the Skylight Books author reading series. You can find out about this and all of our other author events at skylightbooks.com, where you can also browse our inventory as well as order books online. You can also follow us on Twitter or even be our friend at Facebook. If you would like to talk to a real person, we can be reached at 323-660-1175. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Skylight Books and our sixth annual Smart Gal, sixth annual Dead Poets Slam. Uh, this, yay! Um, so, <clears throat> for those of you who are new, how many people have never been to the Dead Poets Slam? This is it the first time? Oh, this is very exciting. Okay, so here's the deal. Two teams anonymously competing. So you will not know. You're going to know what country they come from tonight, but you will not know who that poet is until, unless you happen to know that poem, right? And so the judges, if I may introduce, please, uh, Mr. Clifford Johnson. Begrudgingly here, and thank you so much, because it stresses him out so much. It's Chris Davidson. <laughs> And a Smart Gals board member and writer, Katie Hickman. So, so what happens is basically there are two, there are two teams. Uh, each each team gets to you have to do one. We'll have a, a poem a poem from one team and then a poem from the other team. But basically there are two rounds. So, just brace yourself for about you know 45 minutes of fierce competition. And once a poet, someone performs, they're basically the judges are voting on uh, giving them a scale of one to ten. Uh, one being ec ec like awful, horrible, dreadful, embarrassing, and <laughs> ten being you know phenomenal. So sometimes we go like 10.5. It has happened that people have gone a little above. But so they're judging not only the poem, but they're judging the interpretation and the performance of that poem. So if someone brings an amazing piece and slaughters it, they may get like a four or a five, which hasn't happened yet, but they could. Yes, Howard? Do you get to boot the judges? Yes, you may. Yes, you may. So this is this is the mo this is what makes this an actually entertaining poetry event, is that as opposed to <laughs> that's what that's what stresses him out though. Don't boo him, please. Um, <clears throat> what makes this what makes this different from any other event where you need to go and be quiet and reverently listen to poetry and snap your fingers? You know, the whole point of this event is that if you hear something you like. Please react when you know when it's done. Let it, let the judges know by the volume of your applause and ho however else you would like to express your approval <laughs> of poetry. <laughs> and then when the when the when the numbers come up, if you really think your poet got got reamed on their score, then you can say so. So you can boo the judges, you can praise the judges, um, and then by that way we will condition them to to vote with the audience. But we've also, I have to warn you, we have chosen people of fortitude who can stand by their own their own beliefs. Hey, Elizabeth. Um, Okay, so but in order to have, the way we get things rolling is we're going to bring up what we call our sacrificial poet. And the job of the sacrificial poet is just like it sounds. He's going to come up here and do one poem. We don't know who it's by. And then he's going to get judged. And the whole point is for you to see how the judging works, all right? And so this is a very, it's a very generous job done by a wonderful performer, Mr. Jared Cardwell, our sacrificial poet. Thanks, <laughs> Facebook. Um, 
First of all, there's a book out there called Know Your Rodent. Maybe I don't want to know a rodent. It's a freaking rodent, anyway. The three little kittens lost their mittens and they begin to cry. Mother dear, we sadly fear. And we have lost our mittens. What? Lost your mittens, naughty little kittens. And you have no pie. Meow, meow, meow. And you shall have no pie. The three little kittens, they found their mittens, and they began to cry. Oh, mother dear, see here, see here, for we have found our mittens. Put on your mittens, you silly kittens, and you shall have some pie. Purr, purr, purr. Oh, let us have some pie. The three little kittens put on their mittens and soon ate up the pie. Oh, mother dear, we greatly fear that we have soiled our mittens. What soiled your mittens, you naughty kittens? And then they began to sigh, meow, meow, meow. <laughs> then they began to sigh. The three little kittens, they washed their mittens and hung them out to dry. Oh, mother dear, do not you hear that we have washed our mittens. What, washed your mittens? Then you're good kittens! I smell a rat close by. <laughs> meow, meow, meow. <laughs> we smell a rat close by. Thank you. Would anyone care to guess that poet? Mother Goose, yeah, a real, real person. Real person. Okay. Thank you. Judges, let's begin with Mr. Johnson. <laughs> Any, anytime now. Everybody. <laughs> Get used to it. I, I think that was a solid 7.5. Oh. Really? Mm. 7.5, okay. That's cool. That's good. All right. <laughs> nuance, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say. <laughs> Sorry. I will say an eight. Really? Sure. <laughs> Don't think about it. Just accept yeah. it. Yeah. Dude. 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 Sorry. I love Dude. the way you clearly brought in all the stuff that you've been dealing with. You think? Family. <laughs> and um, married that with the. The, po the poem, and um, so I'm gonna give it. Um, and so I love the way he threw away uh, the meows, and uh, so I'm gonna give it a nine. All right. Our scorekeeper what? wasn't writing that down. Oh, uh, that was uh, thirty. <laughs> Yeah, so pretty, pretty sure. Goes. That's how it goes, folks. What was it? 24.5. 24.5. All right. Now, the goal, thank you, Jared. Jared Cardwell. All right, everybody understand how it works? You don't want a 7.5. <laughs> You're going to have to be a little quicker on the uptake. All right. So let's get this thing rolling. So I'm going to begin by introducing our monarchs. Representing, are you ready? Representing Scotland, Mr. Steve Tom. 
Representing the King of France, Ms. Julie Crockett. <laughs> Representing the King of Israel, Ms. T.K. Carr. And last but not least, representing Spain, Mr. Daniel Bess. These are our monarchs, everyone. Aren't they handsome? All right. And now the minions rattling their chains, hammering plowshares into swords. We have, representing these United States of America, Ms. Imani Tolliver. Showing up for the much-colonized Caribbean, Mr. Noel Alumit. Like, so, so many countries got their hands in the Caribbean, it was just hard to choose. <laughs> like, was it put them opposite? All right, representing the people of Palestine, Ms. Lori Yagyayan. <laughs> and finally, representing Mexico, Kathleen Coyne. Did you see how the, like, the monarchs descended from above and the minions came out of the people? It's theater, folks. It's theater. All right. So before we get started, I'd like to have Scotland and America come up. For, oh, I need a coin. Yeah, we need a coin. Does anybody have a coin? The monarchs. I don't care. <laughs> why, why would I carry money? <laughs> we have a nickel. Not from a team member. It's a good nickel. Okay. Heads. <laughs> Tails. Heads. So you choose. You get to choose where you go. Where do you want to go? We'll go second. Uh -huh. Very clever. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Let the games begin. We start with the monarchs. Spain. Daniel Bess. Song of the Barren Orange Tree. Woodcutter, cut off my shadow. Deliver me from the torture of seeing myself fruitless. Why was I born surrounded by mirrors? The day turns round me and night reproduces me in every one of her stars. I want to live without seeing myself. And I shall dream that ants and husks have changed into my birds and foliage. Woodcutter, cut off my shadow. Deliver me from the torture of seeing myself fruitless. In case you were wondering, that, that was not Joan Didion. <laughs> okay. Chris, thank you. I will say, uh, sorry, somewhere to go. Uh, <laughs> I will say seven. Oh. <laughs> the three little kittens beat the song of the barren orange tree. <laughs> I was a little Ms. Hickman. Um, the 
asking for things to be cut off, it felt a little needy. <laughs> but your, your delivery was uh, really um, so focused and uh, supporting that that I feel like I want to give it an 8.5. Mm. <clears throat> Clifford? I would replace needy by earnest. <clears throat> Nevertheless, I felt there's some passion that was uh, not quite there yet. So it's going to be uh, 7.5 for me. Ooh. All right. Fast math. 16 and 7. <laughs> 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 okay, I'm already sorry. If anybody, anybody want to, anybody want to keep score? Okay. All right, 23, round one for the Monarchs. Thank you, Daniel. Okay, <laughs> Kathleen Coyne. Good start. As one listens to the rain, listen to me as one listens to the rain, not attentive, not distracted, light footsteps, thin drizzle, water that is air, air that is time, the day is still leaving, the night has yet to come. Figurations of mist at the turn of the corner, figurations of time at the bend in this pause. Listen to me as one listens to the rain. Without listening, hear what I say. With eyes open inward. Asleep, with all senses awake. It's raining. Light footsteps, a murmur of syllables, air and water, words with no weight, what we are and are, the days and years, this moment, weightless time, and heavy sorrow. Listen to me as one listens to the rain. Wet asphalt is shining, steam rises and walks away, night unfolds and looks at me. You are you and your body of steam, you and your face of night, you and your hair, unhurried lightning. You cross the street and enter my forehead. Footsteps of water across my eyes. Listen to me as one listens to the rain. The asphalt is shining, you cross the street. It is the mist wandering in the night, it is the night. Asleep in your bed, it is the surge of waves in your breath. Your fingers of water dampen my forehead. Your fingers of flame burn my eyes. A spring of visions and resurrections. Listen to me as one listens to the rain. The years go by, the moments return. Do you hear the footsteps in the next room? Not here, not there. You hear them in another time that is now. Listen to the footsteps of time, inventor of places with no weight, nowhere. Listen to the rain running over the terrace. The night is now more night in the grove. 
Lightning has nestled among the leaves, a restless garden adrift. Go in. Your shadow covers this page. I'm listening. <laughs> Rain and time, two of my favorite things, so I'm passionate. It's all passion. For me, that was a nine. Mr. Davidson. I will say that as you were reading it at first, I thought, oh, this is easy names. But as it went on and on and on, and the way you were sort of able to sustain it, it was so beautiful. And uh, I felt like the you was me, so that was well. All right. <laughs> That's easy. <laughs> 28 for the, the, the minions. Well done, Kate. Turning it over to TK Carr of Monarchy. <clears throat> I know a man. I know a man who photographed the view he saw from the window of the room where he made love and not the woman he loved there. You're on the spot for that one. Wow. <laughs> it was, Come on. It was, uh, it was intense. It was wonderful. It was like a blast. Um, um, but uh, it was we're all going to carry that home tonight. Simpler. Yeah, I know. I, I was an 8.5. I can't even talk. 8.5. Clifford. It wasn't much, but it was it was quite wonderful. Um, very expressive eyes. <laughs> really made it for me. Uh, uh, it's an 8.5. 17. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the help. Uh, yeah, I felt like uh, uh, the, the poem continued in the silence. Uh, so I, I'm staying with my brothers. I'm going to go with an 8.5. Nice. Twenty-five point five. Twenty-five point five. Yeah. Twenty-five point five. Miss Laurie Yagyan, Palestine. Chris, I feel this is driving you to drink. Is is that correct? <laughs> All right. Nevertheless. Okay. <laughs> Identity card. Record. I am an Arab, and my identity card is number 50,000. I have eight children, and the ninth is coming after a summer. Will you be angry? Record. I am an Arab, 
employed with fellow workers at a quarry. I have eight children. I get them bread, garments, and books from the rocks. I do not supplicate charity at your doors, nor do I belittle myself at the footsteps of your chamber. So will you be angry? Record, I am an Arab. I have a name without a title, patient in a country where people are enraged. My roots were entrenched before the birth of time and before the opening of the eras, before the pines and the olive trees and before the grass grew. My father descends from the family of the plow, not from a privileged class, and my grandfather was a farmer neither well-bred nor well-born, teaches me the pride of the sun before teaching me how to read. And my house is like a watchman's hut made of branches and cane. Are you satisfied with my status? I have a name without a title. Record, I am an Arab. You have stolen the art orchards of my ancestors and the land which I cultivated along with my children and you left nothing for us except for these rocks. So will the state take them as it has been said? Therefore, record on the top of that first page, I do not hate people, nor do I encroach. But if I become hungry, the usurper's flesh will be my food. Beware, beware of my hunger and my anger. <laughs> Beware. <laughs> Beware on that. <laughs> Clifford? There ever was a time. <laughs> I, I, I liked how the page turning and it getting stuck was a gesture uh, <laughs> expressive of that anger. So I will give it a nine. Nice. Okay. <laughs> Uh, beware of my hunger and my anger is something I've often said to my husband. <laughs> <laughs> so very profoundly. And um, I, wish, I wish it worked for everyone as well as it works for me. And um, uh, so I'm going to give it a nine as well. All right. Minions are ahead. There's another 28 for the minions. Up next, Julie Crockett, France. Show them how you roll. <laughs> Less time. Less time than it takes to say it, less tears than it takes to die. I've taken account of everything. There you have it. I've made a census of the stones. They are as numerous as my fingers and then some. I've distributed some pamphlets to the plants. But not all were willing to accept them. I've kept company with music for a second only, and now I no longer know what to think of suicide. <sighs> for if I ever want to part from myself, the exit is on this side, and I add mischievously, the entrance, the re-entrance is on the other. You see what you still have to do.
hours, grief. I don't keep a reasonable account of them. Um, I'm alone. I look out the window. There is no passerby. Or rather, no one passes. Underline passes. You don't know this man. It's Mr. Same. Let me introduce you to Mr. Same. And this is Madame Madame. <laughs> and their children. <laughs> then I turn my back on my steps. And my steps turn back too, but I don't know exactly what they turn back on. I consult a schedule. The names of the towns have been replaced by the names of people who have been quite close to me. Shall I go to A? Shall I return to B? Shall I make a change at X? Yes, of course, I'll change at X. Provided I don't miss the connection with boredom. <laughs> there we are. Boredom. Beautiful parallels. Ah, how beautiful the parallels are under God's perpendicular. dive in? Well, you set that loose like a rocket, and I, I gotta give it a 10. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> um, I, I, I love that the, the microphone became an amplification of boredom, so I'll give it a 9. <laughs> uh, the structure was wonderfully confusing in places, which I'm sure was intentional. Uh, the delivery was wonderful, the comedy was fantastic. I would say that's a 9.5. Nice Aww. All right, 28.5. We want to start adding up these up to in the bigger picture. <laughs> All right, are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go to the Caribbean. There is no riot. Even that desperate gaiety is gone. Empty bottles, no longer trophies, are weapons now. Even the cunning grumble. If it's talk you want, she said, you're wasting time with me. Try the church. <laughs> One time. It was because the rain fell, there was no riot. Another time, it was because the terrorists forgot to bring the bomb. <laughs> now, in these days, though no rain falls and bombs are well remembered, there is no riot. But everywhere, Empty and broken bottles gleam like ruin. <laughs> I think you should stay and knock it. Tell him 
into his face. <laughs> I don't think you can. Go, go, go Clifford. Uh, Actually, you've had, you haven't, Chris, you haven't gone first for a while. Uh, <laughs> it's because I care about you, but that's, I know. It's okay. <laughs> I say that was enough. Yes, <laughs> Positive reinforcement for the judges. Uh, a lot of that resonates uh, with my own Caribbean roots. Seen some of those broken bottles. Um, the delivery was wonderful. 9.5. It was the gesture at the end that did it for me. So I'm going with a 9.5 as well. Nicely done. 29 or 29? 28. Is it another 28? Oh my god, is it another 28? Nope. <laughs> we'll, get <back. laughs> we'll get back to this. It's 28. It's another 28. <laughs> Mr. Steve Tom, are you ready? Hi. <laughs> Bringing up Scotland. <laughs> no smoke without you, my fire. <laughs> After you left, your cigarette glowed on in my ashtray and sent up a long thread of such quiet gray. I smiled to wonder who would believe it signal of so much love. One cigarette in the non-smoker's tray. As the last spire trembles up, a sudden draft blows it, winding into my face. Is it smell? Is it taste? You are here again, and I am drunk on your tobacco lips. <laughs> Out with the light, let the smoke lie back in the dark. Till I hear the very ash sigh down among the flowers of brass, I'll breathe, and long past midnight, <laughs> your last kiss. <laughs> Are you hungry? Are you angry now? <laughs> Katie, that was really bad for you. Yeah, I, uh, I feel not a little manipulated. <laughs> I don't mind that feeling. <laughs> I don't know, it's a 10. <laughs> Uh, I, I sort of uh, was having a strange feeling when she and I was came up, so <laughs> <laughs> I won't commit it. I won't be done that. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> a little too late for that, my friend. 
Okay, 9.5. <laughs> Didn't think I'd say it so soon, but if, again, but if there ever was a 10. Oh, ah, yeah. nicely done. All right. I got distracted. Where are we? Okay, what was it, Amy? Okay. So right now, the monarchs have 106.5 points. The minions have 84. With Imani ready to go with the United States of America. <laughs> uh, so being a good American, I'm exercising my freedom of speech, which has, which has strong language for our tender ears. So <laughs> I think you're used to used to it, so. <laughs> Hard Rock returns to prison from the hospital for the criminal insane. Hard Rock was known not to take no shit from nobody. And he had the scars to prove it. Split purple lips, lumped ears, welts above his yellow eyes, and one long scar that cut across his temple and plowed through a thick canopy of kinky hair. The word was that Hard Rock wasn't a mean nigga anymore. That the doctors had bored a hole in his head, cut out part of his brain, and shot electricity through the rest. When they brought Hard Rock back, handcuffed and chained, he was turned loose like a freshly gelded stallion to try his new status. And we all waited and watched like a herd of sheep to see if the word was true. As we waited, we wrapped ourselves in the cloak of his exploits. Man, that last time it took eight screws to put him in the hole. Yeah, remember when he smacked the captain with his dinner tray? He set the record for time in the hole 67 straight days. Yeah, old Hard Rock man, that is one crazy nigga. And then the jewel of a myth that, that Hard Rock once bit a screw on the thumb and poisoned him with syphilitic spit. The testing came to see if Hard Rock was really tame. A hillbilly called him a black son of a bitch and didn't lose his teeth. A screw who knew Hard Rock from before shook him down and barked in his face. And Hard Rock did nothing, just grinned and looked silly. His empty eyes like, like knot holes in a fence. And even after we discovered that it took Hard Rock three minutes to say his name, we told ourselves he had just wised up, was being cool. But we could not fool ourselves for long. And we turned away our eyes on the ground, crushed. He had been our destroyer, the doer of things we dreamed of doing but could not bring ourselves to do. The fears of years, like a biting whip, had cut deep, bloody grooves across our backs.
going to you, Chris. <laughs> Clifford? can hardly say anything. It's just a beautiful tent. Sad. Sad, sad, sad. It's good to be sad sometimes. So, give me a tent. We're gonna get a quick tally here. Halfway point. <laughs> no, it's not, not pressure on you. We got the iPhone. 113.5. All right, the minions are in the lead. 113.5 to 106.5. Bringing back Mr. Daniel Bess. Daniel. Abandoned church. Ballad of the Great War. I had a son named John. I had a son. He disappeared between the arches on a Friday of death. I saw him play upon the topmost stairs of the mass and throw a little tin bucket at the heart of the priest. I pounded on the coffins, my son, my son, my son. I pulled a chicken's claw from behind the moon and then I understood that my daughter was a fish through which all the carts roll away. I had a daughter. I had a dead fish beneath the ash of the censers. I had a sea of what? My God, a sea. I climbed up to ring the bells, but the fruit was wormy. The burned out tapers were consuming spring wheat. I, I saw the transparent stork of alcohol shave the black heads of dying soldiers, and I saw the rubber huts where the goblets of tears spin round. I find you, my heart, and the Eucharist's offerings. When the priest, with his vigorous arms, raises the mule and the ox to frighten the night toads who patrol the chalice's frozen landscapes. I had a son who was a giant, but the dead are stronger. They can eat bits of heaven. If my son had been a bear, I would not fear the alligator's cunning. I wouldn't have seen the sea lashed to the trees to be raped and mangled by armies if my son had been a bear. I'll wrap myself in this hard canvas not to feel the cold moss. I know very well that they'll give me a sleeve or the necktie, but in the center of the mass I'll break the rudder, and then the madness of penguins and seagulls will come to the stone and make those who sleep and who sing on street corners say, he had a son, a son, a son, a son who was his and his only because he was his son, his son, his son, his son. Thank you. brought a tear to my eye too. Well, I, I see a Rousseau painting out of control in a riot there. It's very beautiful and uh, I'll give it a 9.5. Clifford? As that passion on you was there. Uh, that's a nine. Nice. Mm. Dad? Uh, <laughs> what was that? Dad. 
<laughs> you had to relate to this piece. <laughs> no, no, was, the, the ending was remarkable. And there was a moment where you paused a little bit on the play of Sandlin, what we call it in child, so. Yes, I don't know. That's beautiful. I'll give this hand. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Kathleen Coyne, Mexico. Between going and coming. Between going and staying, the day wavers in love with its own transparency. The circular afternoon is now a bay where the world in stillness rocks. All is visible and all elusive. All is near and can't be touched. Paper, book, pencil, glass rest in the shade of their names. Time throbbing in my temples repeats the same unchanging syllable of blood. The light turns the indifferent wall into a ghostly theater of reflections. I find myself in the middle of an eye, watching myself in its blank stare. The moment scatters, motionless, I stay and go. Clifford. It was beautifully interpreted and delivered. I didn't resonate with me. It didn't resonate with me as, as much as uh, some of the others have, so it's, it's a very strong 8.5. All right, all right. Fair, fair, fair. Mr. Davidson? <laughs> Say it again. Give it voice. You can boo them. Mr. Davidson? Uh, it was beautifully read, as, as was the last time. Um, um, I did that. You're nodding. Well, um... I did love the interpretation, but I uh, got caught in the here and there part of it, not really being, I didn't know where I should be. And so I cannot give it more than eight. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. We'll talk after. I think you're great, Kate. All right. 25.5. All right. Monarch's pulling ahead a tiny bit on that last round, thanks to Spain. <clears throat> TK Carr, we go back to Israel. <laughs> when I banged my head, on the door. <laughs> when I banged my head on the door, I screamed, my head, my head, and I screamed, door, door. 
<laughs> and I didn't scream mama, and I didn't scream God, and I didn't prophesy a world at the end of days where there will be no more heads and doors. <laughs> when you stroked my head, I whispered, my head, my head. And I whispered, your hand, your hand. And I didn't whisper mama or God. And I didn't have miraculous visions of hands stroking heads in the heavens as they split wide open. Whatever I scream or say or whisper is only to console myself. My head, my head, door, door, your hand, your hand. That's a sophisticated little piece there, Terry. I appreciate your performance. This is really wonderful. Tom, um, I'll give you 9.5. Yeah. Yeah. I'm loving the nouns. Speaking as someone who banged his head earlier today in the dog. <laughs> on a door? <laughs> or was it on a plant you were trying to give a pamphlet to? Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, and my head. Okay. Um, that was a 9.5. Alright, wow, across the board. 28.5? <laughs> All right, staying in the lead. You ready? Laura Yagyayan, Palestine. Oh, a fact to follow. A fact. A fact there. <laughs> yeah. <All right. laughs> I have a seat in an abandoned theater in Beirut. I might forget and I might recall the final act without longing. Not because of anything other than that the play was not written skillfully. Chaos, as in the war days of those in despair and an autobiography of the spectator's impulse. The actors were tearing up their scripts and searching for the author among us, we. The spectators sitting in our seats. I tell my neighbor, the artist, don't draw your weapon and wait. Unless you're the author. <laughs> no. Then he asks me, and you, are you the author? No. So we sit scared. I say, be a neutral hero to escape from an obvious fate. He says, no hero dies revered in the second scene. I will wait for the rest. Maybe I would revise one of the acts, and maybe I would mend what the iron has done to my brothers. So I say, it is you then. He responds, you and I are two masked authors and two masked witnesses. 
I say, how is this my concern? <laughs> I'm a spectator. He says, no spectators at Chasm's door, and no one is neutral here, and you must choose your part in the end. So I say, I'm missing the beginning. What's the beginning? We'll just go like this again, or this time. Clifford. Again, excellent delivery. I don't think it was as strong a resonance for me as a poem as the uh, first one, so I would say that's a 9.5. Still very, still noble. <laughs> Mr. Davidson. I would uh, second my friend's uh, score here, 9.5. Okay. Um, yes, I, um, I, I wanted a, I wanted more nouns. <laughs> so I'm gonna go with a nine. Oh. Hmm. Always the oppressed. We're always, just always the oppressed. All right, a simple twenty-eight. Julie, we return to La Belle France. <laughs> My wife, <laughs> whose hair is a brush fire, whose thoughts are summer lightning, whose waist is an hourglass, whose waist is the waist of an otter <laughs> caught in the teeth of a tiger. Whose mouth is a bright cockade with the fragrance of a star of the first magnitude, whose teeth leave prints like tracks of white mice over snow. <laughs> whose tongue is made out of amber and polished glass, whose tongue is a stabbed wafer. <laughs> the tongue of a doll with eyes that open and shut. <laughs> whose tongue is incredible stone, my wife whose eyelashes are strokes in the handwriting of a child, whose eyebrows are nests of swallow, my wife, whose temples are the slate of greenhouse roofs with steam on the windows, my wife whose shoulders are champagne, are fountains that curl from the heads of dolphins under the ice, my wife, whose wrists are matches, whose fingers are luck and the ace of hearts, <laughs> whose fingers are fresh cut hay, my wife, with the armpits of martens and beach fruit, <laughs> and midsummer night that are hedges of pivot and nesting places for small sea snails. <laughs> whose arms are a sea of foam and a landlocked sea and a fusion of wheat and a mill whose legs are spindles and the delicate movements of clockwork and despair. <laughs> My wife whose calves are sweet with the sap of elders whose feet are carved initials, key rings and the fleet of steep jacks who drink. My wife whose neck is a fine milled barley whose throat contains the valley of gold and encounters in the bed of the maelstrom. 
my wife, whose breasts are the night and are undersea molehills. whose breasts are crucibles of rubies, my wife whose breasts are haunted by the ghosts of dew-moistened roses, <laughs> whose belly is a fan unfolded in the sunlight, <laughs> whose belly is a giant talon, <laughs> my wife with the back of a bird in vertical flight, with a back of quicksilver and bright lights, my wife whose nape is of smooth, worn stone and wet chalk and of a glass slipped through the fingers of someone who is drunk. <laughs> my wife with the thighs of a skiff <laughs> that are lustrous and feathered like arrows stemmed with the light tailbones of a white peacock and imperceptible balance, my wife whose rump is sandstone and asbestos. <laughs> whose rump is the back of a swan and the spring, my wife with the sex of an iris. And the sex of a mine and a platypus. <laughs> my wife with the sex of seaweed and ancient sweetmeat. My wife with the sex of a mirror. My wife with the eyes full of tears. With eyes that are purple armor and a magnetized needle. With eyes of savannas. With eyes full of water to drink in prisons. My wife with eyes that are forests forever under the axe. My wife with eyes that are the equal of water and air and earth and fire. Who knew Charlie Sheen was French? <laughs> That's a hard piece to pull off, I was just going to say. Katie? Well, um, I think he loves her, but it's complicated. <laughs> uh, well, that's, that's uh, a 10. I would just like to say that my wife, who is here tonight, brought me this flask. <laughs> Watching you over there. And, uh, and uh, <laughs> for all the pain that this, I paid for this, it mm. was worth it for that poem. That was wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Did you say that there's a historical precedent for a 10.5? There has been. Yeah, it's been done before. That was Woo! Yeah. <laughs> France brings it in with a 30.5. <laughs> that is so daunting to be the Caribbean. <laughs> That's so not fair. Dancing. No. <laughs> you got it. Come on, Noel. The Caribbean.
Do not stare at me from your window, lady. Do not stare and wonder where I came from. Born in this city was I, lady. Hearing the beetles at six o'clock and the noisy cocks in the morning when your hands rumple the bedsheet and night is locked up the wardrobe. My hands are full of lines like your breasts with veins, lady. So, do not stare and wonder where I came from. My hands are full of lines like your breasts with veins, lady, and one must rear while one must suck alive. Do not stare at me from your window, lady! Stare at the wagon of prisoners. Stare at the hearse passing by your gate. Stare at the slums south of the city. Stare hard and reason, lady, where I come from and where I go. My hand is full of lines, lady, like the breast with your veins. One must rear, while the other must suckle, lady. Thank you. <laughs> We can't, we're not going to call it a prop, it's out, but come on, you're wearing a kilt. Well, there is that. Chris, you, Chris, you want to roll with this one? Oh, that's the 10, that was yeah. amazing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The 10. Yeah. It's so obvious. Up. 10, 10, 10. That's 30. Right. I knew we dominated you for a reason. <laughs> Let me just see where. All right. This is the last we're going to hear from the monarchs. Well, <laughs> not really. Steve Tom, <laughs> Scotland. Three particles lived in a mystical union. They made knife, fork, and spoon, and earth, and sea, and sky. They made animal, vegetable, and mineral. 
and faith, hope, and charity. They made stop, caution, go, and hickory dickory dock. They made yoke, white, and shell, and hook, line, and sinker. They made pounds, shilling, and pence, and Goneril, Reagan, and Cordelia. They made Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and game, set, and match. A wandering particle captured one of them, and the two that were left made day and night, and left and right and right and wrong and black and white and off and on, but things were never quite the same, and two will always yearn for three. Sag after <laughs> particles. I know. Come on, you, you're, he's a physicist. <laughs> particles, Clifford. Yeah, particle physics is what I do. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that's a ten. It's beautiful. Well, it was so mathy. <laughs> <laughs> Two and three. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't have the, just the same je ne sais quoi for me, you know. Uh, Sc Scotland, Scotland, Scotland. Uh, 9.5. All right, all right. You accept that? I am Davidson, I'm a fellow Scott. I haven't mentioned this. Oh. So. Full disclosure. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. That's a poem that I like. I mean, <laughs> I haven't felt this way about the other ones. That's a poem that like, I wish I wish I had thought. I wish I had thought. So yeah. I mm -hmm. that, that poem was brought to us by Tori Patterson. Thank you, Tori. <laughs> this is it. Last poem of the night. Imani Tolliver, the USA. I've got some language in this one, too. <laughs> Free speech, that's right. Lord, she's gone. Done left me done packed up and split. And I was no way to make her come back. And everywhere the world is bare. Bright bone, white crystal, sand glistens. Dope, death, dead, dying and jiving drove her away. Made her take her laughter and her smiles her softness and her, her midnight size. Fuck Coltrane <laughs> and music and clouds drifting in the sky. 
Fuck the sea and the trees and the sky and birds and, and alligators and all the animals that roam the earth. Fuck Marx and fuck Mao. Fuck Fidel and Nkrumah and democracy and communism. Fuck smack and pot and red ripe tomatoes. Fuck Joseph, fuck Mary, fuck God, Jesus, and all the disciples. Fuck Fanon, Nixon, and Malcolm. Fuck the revolution. And fuck freedom. Fuck the whole motherfucking thing. All I want now is my woman back so my soul can sing. The love letter you always wanted to write, I know. Clifford, call it. Uh. Don't be shy. Don't be stingy. <laughs> it's a time. Thank you. Uh, ten. Yeah. Okay. We've all been there to ten. <laughs> Two hundred and twenty-seven, two hundred and twenty-three point five. Power to the people! So, um, Amy, could you hand me the little, the Manila folder? Has all the dates and exciting things in it. Uh, let's start with our monarchs. We'll see, find out who everyone is. Daniel, will you come up here? Not Joan Diddy. Can anyone, anyone guessing? Daniel, Spain. Who, somebody, who, who said what? Excellent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. Yes, yes. Both very handsome. Um, I just gotta, I have some dates here though, actually. So he was uh, June 5th, 1898 to uh, August 19, 1936, Spanish poet and dramatist and theater director, um, shot by anti-communist death squads during the Spanish Civil War. It's a real loss at a young age. T.K. Carr. You'll have to pronounce it. I'll pronounce it. Okay. I'll pronounce it. <laughs> Anybody want to guess? I guess no fair if you know already. Who anybody want to guess? Israel. Israel. Yehuda Amichai. Did I say it correctly? Okay. Yehuda Amichai. <laughs> Um, let's see, Israeli poet, uh, 1924 to 2000, considered by many both in Israel and internationally as Israel's greatest modern poet. Mm -hmm. 
So he's also, I'm going to, we're, we're pitching a, a new book um, that Amy Bender actually turned us on to, this Echo Anthology of International Poetry that is in, was released last month, uh, that they've got all the books of these poets that are available are secretly hidden behind the front counter and will emerge uh, now that the event is over, so you can find but that. And if you're interested in international poetry, it's a, one, it's a wonderful collection. Um, Ms. Julie Crockett. Bringing all the wry humor of France to the floor. A witty people. <laughs> Any guesses? Surrealists, folks. Surrealists. That's why the structure was so crazy. <laughs> That's how we think. Any guesses? Andre Breton. Yeah. You wanted to say it, Julie. Andre Breton. <laughs> All right. Died in 1966, born in 1896. Um, yeah, best known as the author, the principal initiator of surrealism. Last but not least, Mr. Steve Tom, who's, by the way, uh, hosts uh, HBO's Funny or Die Presents. Thank you. He's funny, too. Funny. Funny, Steve. Funny. <laughs> Thank you. Guesses? Scotland? Scotland. Not written in Gaelic. Hmm? Come on, you Irish louts. No. You English bastards. Do you want to say who you are? No guesses? No takers? Okay. Until he uh, unfortunately died a few months ago in late 2010. It was the Scottish national poet Edwin Morgan. Our minions, our first minion from Mexico. Really? Oh my gosh, how did you guess? Wait, do you live with her? Oh, I'm disgusting. Really? Octavio Paz from Mexico. You say it. You found Okay. Kate, Kate gets into the research. Share what you yeah, want to I share, do. Kate. Okay, so he was born in 1914 to liberal parents who were forced into exile because they supported Zapata. Okay. In 1931, um, he was first published. He was 17 years old. He spent his life writing poetry. He was a teacher and a diplomat. In 1962, he was sent by Mexico to India, and he resigned in protest in 1968 because they were fucking killing people in Mexico, student demonstrators. So he went to Paris. And then he returned to Mexico in 1969. And um, in 1990, at the age of 76, he received the Nobel Prize, and then he died in 1998. He was 84. Thank you, Kate. Laura Yegyayan from Palestine. I mean, she's not, but. Hmm? Yes. Yeah. Right. Yes. Right. Excellent. Do you have any? Well, just uh, that he died fairly recently. I think it was 2007 or 2008. Mm -hmm. uh, the interesting thing to me, anyway, but like the reason I picked the two poems, the first poem was he was in his 20s, early 20s. It was written in 1964, and. The last one was 2007, I think. So really, 40 years sort of span and very different perspective, I think, on what was going on. You know? 
Darwish. Mahmoud Darwish. Or how did you say it? Uh, well, D-A-R-W-I-S-H. Darwish. Darwish. We are all learning tonight. This is so exciting. Thank you. <laughs> Noel? Noel Alumit from the Caribbean. <laughs> Happy birthday, Julia. You made it. It's Julia's birthday tonight. Who said that? Yes, it was. Martin Carter. Mm. Wow. Um, let me see. Clifford, is he one of your favorite? Was he one? You um, knew? I wouldn't have, I didn't know enough. I wouldn't say a favorite, but that's only because I don't know enough. Okay. Um, yes. Okay. <clears throat> All right. 1927 to 1997, a Guyanese poet, uh, often compared in stature to Yeats, but we wouldn't know that necessarily because he's not published very much in the United States, except for a nice book of uh, Penguin Anthology of Caribbean Poetry. I think that I, Clifford lent to me a while ago. <laughs> Ms. Imani Tolliver, the United States of America. <laughs> I just want to say the U.S. We, we showed strong. You showed strong for America. Had to represent. Yeah. Represent. All right. <laughs> Any guesses? And I know you are all going to go read this poet once you know who this poet is. Well, it's probably a guy. Yeah. <laughs> who knows? Who's looking? Do you know? Did I tell you? She I told knows. her, but she she, she would have known anyway. <laughs> you would have known anyway. Let's assume you would have known. Why don't you say the name? Yeah. It is Efridge Knight. <laughs> Do you want to yeah. say a little bit yeah. about him? Um, uh, just that he uh, wrote, he really became a writer once he was incarcerated. He um, had uh, an injury when he was at war and was injured. And um, because of that injury, he became addicted to painkillers. And that led him to sort of fall astray. And um, he, was, um, he was incarcerated for robbery. But while he was in jail for about eight years, Years, this is when he really became a poet. So there's so many amazing poems that he wrote in jail. So to have that voice as an incarcerated person is amazing. And then he started a dialogue with Black Arts Movement poets uh, from that time. So like um, people like um, uh, Haki Matabuti and um, uh, Amiri Baraka and um, Gwendolyn Brooks. And so, and then once he was free, he um, became a part of the Black Arts Movement with his work and was married for a time to Sonia Sanchez. So, yeah. 1931 to 1991. All right, let's give a round of applause to all of our performers. And to Christine Louise Berry. And where did Jared go? Jared, Jared, come wave. Thank you all for coming. This is the first time we've had it at a at a bookstore. 
because we no longer do the speakeasy, which is where we used to host this event. So if you have any thoughts on that, I thought it was kind of great to be here. Um, so let me know your thoughts. And there are plenty of homemade cookies, brownies, etc., over this way. Um, if you are so moved, um, drop uh, something in our little donation box. We can keep doing this stuff. And um, thank you all so much for coming. Enjoy National Poetry Month. You have been listening to the Skylight Books author reading series. Don't forget that you can check out this and all of our other great podcasts at www.skylightbooks.com. Today's music was provided by Fragile Gang. You can check them out at MySpace, Facebook, and the iTunes Music Store. Thanks for stopping by, and we hope to see you soon.